Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me invite you to take your Bibles to uh, and turn them on or turn them to Ruth chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4. Today we will conclude our study in the book of Ruth uh, of a redemption story. And what a great way to end that series with baptism, reminding us that he is our redeemer, and then observance of the Lord's Supper, reminding us of the cost and what Christ paid uh, for our redemption. I, you know, I told the Wednesday night group, if you were here Wednesday night, I told you, you know, last Sunday was the first Sunday of spring. It's the beginning of a lot of things, but in the beginning, you also have an ending. And for most of us, that ending was our March Madness brackets last weekend. Uh, because basically, the tournament's over. There's no more games to watch. There's no, no really good teams left in, the, in the, um, the basketball. In fact, I would encourage you to go see movies or do something else. Uh, don't, don't spend your time there uh, watching. What, there's nothing there to see. But what was interesting this week is the Wisconsin Badgers, they lost in the tournament. And their star player, uh, Brad Davison, uh, he is a uh, all-time leader uh, on the program for, for several years. Uh, he's the uh, leading three-point scorer for their, for their school. He will go down in uh, Wisconsin Badger history as one of the greatest players that have played there in that school. There was a lot of hopes and a lot of dreams uh, that they had for that program. And this week they lost. And as they, they did, there was a press conference. And if you saw the press conference, one of the things that was asked of Brad Davison was, what do you hope to be remembered by? And he didn't hesitate for a moment. And he began to talk about the type of person he is. I hope they know I'm a good player or a good teammate. I was kind. And then at some point in the interview, he finally said, listen, I know that I am not defined by wins or losses. I know what Scripture says that I'm defined by. And what a great testimony he gave in that moment. As the world was watching and as the world was expecting him just to, to be upset. And certainly he was upset and certainly he loves the game of basketball. But more importantly, he's defined by Christ and nothing else. I was impressed by that testimony. Because if you've never sat in a locker room after a loss like that, you have no idea a number of years ago, I was a chaplain for a high school football team that had run over everybody. We got to the state championship and lost. And can I tell you, it was a shock to every one of us. And I remember walking in that locker room after that loss and the numbness that those players felt. They were in high school. And at that moment for Brad Davison to say, I know my identity is not found in these things. How does he do that? Well, it's real simple. He recognizes who he is in Christ. 
that he's been blessed because of Christ. And as we close out Ruth chapter 4, I want to remind us that we are blessed because of what happens with the story of Ruth and Boaz. That your life has been changed because Ruth and Boaz. So if you have your Bibles and we are at chapter 4 of Ruth, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's Word? Beginning in verse 13, Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. He slept with her and the Lord granted conception to her and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you without a family redeemer today. May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons. She has given birth to him. Naomi took the child placed him on her lap and became a mother to him. The neighbor women said, a son has been born to Naomi. They've called the name of him Obed, and he was father of Jesse and the father of David. Now these are the family records of uh, Perez, the father of, of Hiron, Hiron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Abimadad, Abimadad, the father of Nation, Nation, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz fathered Obed, Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. You may be seated. Here's the big idea I want you to catch this morning. People are blessed because God has been at work redeeming his children since the beginning, since the fall of, of man. But we're blessed because God's been at work redeeming us since the fall of man. The reality is when sin entered the world, there had to be a payment for that sin for us to have a right relationship with God. We see that in Exodus when God says to the people, I want you to put the blood on the doorpost and the angel will come by and take a firstborn. But if you have blood on the doorpost, I will save you. The blood of the lamb was the sacrifice that paid to, sa to save them that day. Now, Christ goes to the cross for your sins and for my sins. God's been at work redeeming us. And we're blessed because of it. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, let me just share quickly five things that we find from this text. These, these, some of these are no-brainers. You'll catch this. You'll catch on pretty quick. Uh, first, Obed is blessed. Uh, Naomi and, or Obed blessed Boaz and Ruth. He blessed Boaz and Ruth. Now listen, if you're a parent, you remember the first day or the first, first time you knew you were pregnant? first moments in the world with your child. Man, it wasn't, the, those moments were so happy, so exhilarating. You knew beyond of a shadow of a doubt this was a miracle from God. This was God's hand. What a great day that was. And you were blessed. When you think about 
Naomi and you think about Ruth and their story of how they've traveled away from Bethlehem and come back as widows, who knew what was going to unfold? They didn't, but God did. Ruth met Boaz and fell in love. And Boaz is a man of character and integrity. And he redeemed them. Not only did he redeem them, he gave them a child. And they were blessed because of that child. Parents, we understand what that's like. To hold that child and look in that child's eyes and understand just what a miracle that is. The second thing we find in our text is Naomi is blessed. Open blesses Naomi. I mean, I, I think it's interesting to watch grandparents. It really is. I mean, I don't know what it is about grandparents, but there's something that, that when a grandchild comes into this world, they lose their mind. I mean, my dad does things with my son that he would never allow me to do. I mean, as a kid, they can get, a, you know, oh, don't worry, feed them sugar. You didn't do that for me when I was a kid because you, you lived with me, you know. It's the grandparents love dote all over their children. And here's the thing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but somehow grandparents get this new life. It's like they get younger. They have uh, grandchildren. I mean, they couldn't get in the floor before a grandchild. Now they'll get in the floor and roll all over the place. There's a dignity factor that they had before grandchildren, after grandchildren, they don't really care. And so they just, they just love grandchildren. And Naomi is blessed because Obed comes into her life. In verses 14 through 16, we read where the women of the town come and say, how blessed are you? Because God has not forgotten you. Obed comes to Naomi, and Naomi, remember, she comes back to town bitter. Now she has joy. The text tells us that she put the, the child in her lap and became a mother. She unofficially adopted that child like, this is mine. That's what he did. But the text also tells us that the women prayed and said, how blessed are you because you will have a family redeemer. In other words, as you get older, Naomi, your grandson will be there to take care of you. You no longer have to worry about your old age because you have somebody. And not only that, but you now have someone to carry on the family name. Oh, what a great joy that was for her. Oh, but bless Naomi. Just like as a grandparent. Hey, listen, let's just show of hands. If you're a grandparent in the room and you're not blessed by your grandchildren, would you just raise your hand? I'm confident in saying that, that nobody. <laughs> we, we, I'm confident nobody understood that question and raised their hand. <laughs> Sometimes I got to speak a little slower. But here's the thing. Everybody's blessed by their grandchildren. Amen. That's exactly right. No matter how they look. So we not only find in this text that, that God blesses Boaz and Ruth with Obed, 
but he blesses Naomi with Obed. But we find three other things. That Obed is a blessing to Bethlehem. To Bethlehem, his own little community. And think about this for a moment. When, the, when they pray, they pray that his name will be great. Here's this small community. In fact, if you've ever been to Israel, you, you know Jerusalem is this big community. And just right down the road is this small little place called Bethlehem. Bethlehem is nothing at this moment. But Bethlehem will be known and be greatly known. All because of Obed. All because Ruth and Boaz met and God blessed them with Obed. Bethlehem, an unknown little community, will become a significant place. And it begins right here. It begins at this moment that God brings them this child. It begins at that thought process of how God put this together and is orchestrating his master plan. But not only is Obed blessing Bethlehem, but Obed blessed Israel. Well, let's talk about Israel for a second. When Obed blesses Israel, we notice that in the text. We notice how he will be a blessing to them because as we unpack this, we begin to see all the things that happen. We read at the end of the text, it comes to this place and it tells us of the, the lineage of what's about to take place. And the key here is Obed will father Jesse and Jesse will father David. Now here's the thing about David. David is a great king. David's name will be great. We know the stories of David. David's crazy enough that he'll pick up three rocks and go after a giant. That's only crazy people do that kind of stuff. David is, David is a conquering king. Oh, we know David makes a mistake. We, we know the story of Bathsheba, but David also understands repentance. Because God is holy. And the thing about David is that in David's ministry, when you read 2 Samuel, he wants to build God this, this, this temple, this house. And God says, no, no, no. That's not your job. That's not the job I have for you. That'll be somebody else. That'll be another ancestor of yours. That'll be the next one down the line. What I want to do for you is build a kingly family. Catch that. Out of you, David, I want to build a nation of kings. And as we begin to unpack the history of the Old Testament and the story of Israel, we begin to see kings come through David. But there's one of the greatest and the only king of kings that comes through that line. And we read these words in Hebrew, or in Matthew, I'm sorry. It says this, 
Then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, what? Son of David. Son of David. Now catch this. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. Jesus is entering Jerusalem for the last time. He's coming in preparing to die, preparing to go to the cross. As he comes in, people recognize who he is and says, Hosanna to the son of David. All that begins because it was Ruth. Because Ruth recognizes that she needs to be faithful to her mother-in-law. Oh, she was given an, uh, an escape clause. Remember early on in the first chapter, Naomi says, hey, listen, you girls go back to your own families, to your own gods. May God bless you. Find husbands. Do whatever in your own country. One daughter-in-law says, okay, see you. But Ruth says, no. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. It would have been easy for her to turn and go back. Certainly she knew other people. Certainly she could have found a man. We know she's attractive. But instead she picks up all her belongings and goes to a foreign land. Goes back to Bethlehem. And, and because she does... God honors that commitment. The family redeemer's name is Boaz. He's not first in line, but he's the one God wants. And between the two, they fall in love, have a boy named Obed. And because of that, Israel is blessed. The last thing I want you to catch is, because, is Obed blessed you. Don't miss that. Don't miss that Obed blessed you. Because as Ruth and Boaz are faithful, and they do as the Lord commands, God gives them a child. And that child grows up and fathers Jesse. And Jesse fathers David. And if you trace the genealogy through the Gospels, you will begin to see that Christ comes through this genealogy. That means we're blessed because of their faithfulness. That means our lives are changed because they were faithful. Our lives were changed because God in his great majesty looked down and realized what needed to happen and put that in place long before the New Testament ever came. The truth of the matter is, the moment sin entered the garden, God began to redeem his people. He began to work a plan so that we would find the forgiveness of our sins. And we're blessed because of it. But this morning, as we've gathered in this place, we've, we've celebrated baptism. One who comes to acknowledge that there is a Redeemer who lives and who has redeemed him. That Christ is the Redeemer. Christ is the one who sets us free from all our sins. 
And this morning we've also gathered and we've observed the Lord's Supper. We've taken the, the bread that symbolizes the broken body and the juice that symbolizes the blood spilled out for us. The question that's only left here for, for us after we look at the, the story of Ruth is do you understand and respond to that story? How do you see Boaz and Ruth? How do you see God in his great plan after understanding he has a plan and a purpose? And that plan and purpose is to bring us to life everlasting. Brad Davidson, that the other day, could have sat there and said, hey, listen, I'm upset. I'll move on. We'll play more basketball games in, a, in the NBA. I'll, I'm going to do something different. But instead, he said, listen, my identity is not found in Christ. But my identity, I mean, my identity is not found in wins and losses, but in Christ alone. Where's your identity found today? Is it in Christ alone? This morning, if you haven't confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I can't imagine what you thought through this whole service. Why a young man like Ernest Oliver would get into the, the waters of baptism. Why in the world we'd take time to eat a little cracker and drink a little juice. That didn't even get you, that didn't even whet your appetite for lunch. If you're here and you didn't know Christ, you think, what in the world? Well, let me tell you why we do what we do. Jesus came so that we could have life everlasting. He tells us that if we'll trust in him, that he'll wipe away our sins. For we know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No matter who you are in this room, I can promise you one thing. Don't know, may not know anything about you, but I can tell you you're not perfect. No, how much, no matter how much your wife or your husband thinks they are, they're not perfect. You can go home and tell them I said that. Then you can call, we'll do marriage counseling later. But none of us are perfect. We've all sinned. And the only way to pay for that sin and to have eternal life is through Jesus Christ. And it's by believing in your heart that Christ raised him from the dead and choosing to follow him. And we know that our first step of obedience is to go to baptism. To be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To be buried with him in baptism and raised into new life. And when we observe that Lord's Supper, it's a reminder of, of the sacrifice he made for our sins. If you're here this morning, you've never confessed that, never thought that, never, never believed that, but want to talk about that, I'll be here at the, at the front. If you're here and there's another decision on your heart to join our church family, to, to do something else, you respond at this time. I'll be here, Mike and JG are out in the hall. They'd love to, to meet you, with you as well. Whatever the case may be, would you respond to a holy God who loves you and redeems you. Would you stand with me? Father, in this moment, we thank you for your redeeming love. We thank you that you sent your one and only son 
So, Father, today I pray that if there's one in the room who needs to make some type of decision or rededication or come to know Christ, that today would be the day that they would only trust you and not in themselves, but trust you are the one who can save them. Lead us in this time. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together. Come, every soul I sin oppressed, there's mercy with all. Precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. You may be seated just for a moment, please. As you know, at the end of every baptism service, we have a moment in which we give a certificate. Let me read the certificate to you. It says, you are a new creation. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. This certificate says that Bernice Oliver was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on March the 22nd, or 27th, uh, 2022 at Glasgow Baptist Church. Um, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father so that we may walk in the newness of life. Romans 6, 4. And Bernice, I don't know what you're going to do. You might put it in your garden, but there's a picture of you in the baptistry. Uh, you look good. It's the other two characters there with you. So we want to give that to you this morning. So, all right. Stand with us and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Greg, would you lead us in prayer? Father, I do pray, even Colossians 3, 2, that we would set our minds on things above and not things below. I pray that you would go with us today, that your spirit would rest upon us, that, uh, that Bernus become a blessing to his family and those around. And by that, his being baptized, those who have seen it today, their lives would be changed and know that it's never too late to hear the call of the gospel that Jesus offers. As we go from this place, may your spirit again rest upon us as we serve and share in this community. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.